Welcome to the Freedom to Coach podcast with Gemma and Makala. We're both coaches and entrepreneurs, passionate about teaching you how to set up and run your coaching business, create more time and manage your mind. Because you're changing the world one mind at a time. Hello and welcome to the Freedom to Coach podcast, episode 59, the podcast for coaches who are looking for more time and freedom in their businesses so they can keep on coaching. Hello, hello, it's Gemma here with you today with our very special guest, Mel Daniels. Hello, hello, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast, Gemma. It's such an honour to be here. Well, we're, we're very excited to have you, so thank you. But let's, well, let's just jump right into it. Let's. Um, yeah, tell us who you are, what you do, who you work with, tell us the things. Okay. Well, I call myself a content strategist, Gemma, and I empower women, mostly with service-based businesses. So that's the coaches, the authors, the speakers, course creators, to really build a business that they love with content that's purposeful and powerful and connects, nurtures, and converts their ideal client as well. So I do this through one-on-one work, by creating content strategies and funnels for my clients. And I also have a beautiful membership as well. Wonderful. I love that. And um, how do you support coaches with with what you do? Yeah, so I think coaches, generally speaking, I'm going to be a a little bit general here, are typically what I call uh, big-hearted or purpose-led entrepreneurs. They are so focused on the human that is in front of them and really helping them to become, you know, the best version of themselves they can possibly be through their own niche, whatever that is. So in my experience, these types of people really struggle, really, really struggle with content. And that's not because they don't have any ideas or they don't know what to say or they don't necessarily know what to write or because they can't uh, connect with their ideal client. It's really that they feel as though, All of the advice that's thrown at them, all of those shoulds don't feel right for them. So I guess that I really help coaches in particular ditch those shoulds and see that they can do content in a way that really does align with their strengths and really does align with the things that they love doing the most. Yeah. I love that. Awesome. Um, And I guess no surprises here that today we are here to discuss content. (laughs) (laughs) and all things content. So I guess let's start us off today um, with telling us why why content is powerful. What do you think about that? Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited. I just had to jump in and uh, interrupt you there, Gemma. Yes, it is. It is so powerful. Um, And this is the crux of my message when it comes to what I do. I think that content has the power to connect us all. It's really up to us, the individual, how we use it. So it isn't always powerful. Content isn't always powerful. It just really depends on the way that you choose to use it. So when you think of the human at the other end of every piece of content that you're going to create, um, that's the who. So it's really drummed into us when it comes to content that you need to know who your ideal client is. You need to know who who you're speaking to. However, powerful content also has a different side to it, not just the who, it's the you. 
It's the you. And I think it's the you that a lot of people are missing when it comes to their content. It's really thinking about what your strengths are, what your uniqueness is, what you love to do and create the most. You know, all these experts out there telling us that we should be on Instagram, we should be creating reels, we should be in stories, we should be doing DMs. Oh my goodness, if we had to do all the shoulds that are being thrown at us, we would just never ever have any time in our lives. So I think that it's really important when it comes to the the concept of, of content and creating content that we do make it powerful and consider both the who and the you. Hmm. I love that. Why do you, why do you think uh, coaches or people, I guess, and business owners in general, um, are missing that that you part of content creation? Yeah, I think firstly, because of the shoulds, Mm. because we're told that you need to create content in a certain way or a certain type of content in order to be successful in your business. So I think that that's Mm. the first thing. Um, And then the second thing is that because we're such big hearted people, because we're just uh, led by service, it doesn't come naturally to us to inject the you into our Mm. content. Because I think that sometimes we can feel like we're bragging or big noting ourselves, but I'm not talking about that specifically when I talk about the you in in your content. I'm talking about bringing the essence of you, that's your values and your beliefs, and then that ties into your message as well. So that's the, the big you piece that's really missing from most people's content. And I think that coaches can do that or anyone can do that. It's just a different way of looking at your content and coming at your content creation and strategy as well. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. And I guess the next thing to chat about is strategy and, and planning. Mm-hmm. Um, why, why is planning important? <laughs> this could be its whole episode it could it could that that's why I giggle so I'm just trying to think of where to start with this, yeah. this question as well so I'm going to take a step backwards if I yeah. can for a second Gemma Go for and it. when I think about content creating content and making it easy and in line with our strengths mm. there is a framework that we can use that we can put around ourselves to support ourselves um the first thing that we need to do is be prepared. The second thing is the planning. So there is a step before the planning and that's being prepared. Mm. It's then actually going ahead and producing the content and then having a process around that. And we can talk about each of those four Ps a little bit um, more in detail. But the planning part of it is so, so important because it takes away your decision drama, makes you more efficient, helps you create content that really leads your client on a journey and focuses on what you're selling as well. So meets your objectives, what you're trying to actually achieve. So when we're thinking about that planning process, the first part of the planning process is to set the objectives to really understand what it is we're trying to achieve. And then think about how can we weave our content around that. Now, I know that a lot of your listeners are probably taking a big, deep breath right now and saying, Gemma, Mel, I don't plan. I don't like to plan. I don't feel like planning is one of my strengths or my fortes. Mm. And I say, that's fine. That's absolutely fine because there is different levels and different types of planning. So when I think about myself and how I like to uh, plan, I am an absolute control freak. So I have some content. I am 100% I am, especially when it comes to my content. I like to be organized. 
I like to, you know, schedule things. I like to uh, have to-do lists. I like to be able to cross them off, all of those sorts of things. And I have a content creator archetype quiz. And in that quiz, I am the planner archetype. So to me, planning is an absolute joy. I would do it every day of the week. A person who is a free spirit who likes to create content when they're in the flow um, and just, you know, is, is more maybe a little bit more haphazard with their content creation, they're going to come to planning and go, oh, my goodness, this is not me. So what's the happy compromise or the happy medium here is to create a really high-level 90-day plan. And that's something that I do inside of my membership with my members just to give them that overall guide of exactly what they need to create over the coming 90 days. So that's things like, like I said before, thinking about your objective, thinking about what you're actually focusing on selling, how you can theme a month around a particular content topic, and then what are your core uh, content topics, if you like, or headlines, if you like. So everyone really should have a blog, a podcast, or a video and then create their content from there. So I guess in a nutshell, planning is such a pivotal part of feeling like you are not only organized, but leads your beautiful ideal client on a journey, one that they don't feel confused, that they understand exactly who you are, what you stand for, and what your offers are, and want those offers as well. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Oh, that, that's too much. <laughs> Like, I don't even know what to ask you next. Tell me everything. Let's continue. Let's continue chatting about those those four Ps. I want. Yes. I'm, I'm dying to know the rest of the Ps. Okay. So please. <laughs> okay. So let's take this step back from yeah. the planning. Yeah. So the first step was prepare. So that's yeah. having all of the content ideas out of your head mm-hmm. and onto paper. And I cannot stress how much easier this makes content creation because the number of times I know that when I first started out in business that I sat down and said, okay, today I'm going to write a blog. Mm, What am I going to write about? And, you know, I spend 30 minutes thinking about it, another 30 minutes procrastinating, scrolling, trying to get some ideas. Uh, It might might take me another hour to actually write it. So all of a sudden, two hours are gone. And I've only just written the blog, not done all the other bits and pieces that you need to do when you write a blog as well. So having those ideas out of your head and on a piece of paper can really help speed up the process and take that help you take that decision drama out of your um, planning process as well. So I love the preparation phase. And I know that everyone who I do this, this um, exercise with are absolutely gobsmacked at the amount of stuff that they can share. Like it's just phenomenal. I think that people think that they don't have enough ideas or don't know where to start. A lot of my communities uh, say that is their main challenge when it comes to content creation. But as soon as they do this mind mapping exercise, it just blows their mind, all of the things they could actually talk about. So I think that that's a really great positive first step to take when it comes to the content creation process. So that's the prepare. And then we move into the plan, which we've already spoken about as well. And then it's about producing. So we know all of the things that we could actually talk about. How do we put that into uh, a blog, a podcast or video so that you can really become that binge worthy person? 
So, you know, your listeners who come across this beautiful podcast might listen to one episode and then go, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, I love everything about the Freedom to Coach podcast. I'm going to go and listen to all of them and we'll download all of them and get a really good idea of, you know, who you are as a person and um, who Makala is as well. So it just, um, yeah, really gives them an opportunity to really get to know you because they can watch, listen, read all of the things. (laughs) Yeah. So that's the produce. And then the last step is having a process. And that's really, once again, my free spirits will be going, oh my goodness, that is so, so boring. But, (laughs) but process is the key to outsourcing. So all of those bits and pieces that you really hate doing, whether it's uploading your blog to your website, finding an image for it, doing the um, meta tags, whatever it is, the process part of it is really going to help you A, outsource and B, create more content without creating more content. So I use this term, uh, the power of reimagination. And reimagination is really just like reusing or repurposing your content. I don't like to use those words. So Gemma, they're so boring. I agree. <laughs> reimagination. Yeah, Let's think better. about all the possibilities that our core content would become. Mm. So if we're starting with our core content first, then it becomes our social media content and it becomes our email marketing content as well. So that's the final, the fourth and final P around process. Yeah. Um I love that. And um, from there, I guess when we're within process um, or produce more so maybe, what what's the best, I guess, way to create content? If there is a best way. <laughs> I don't think there is. Yeah. Do, do you mean the type of content or how you should actually sit down and do it? Um, Maybe sitting down and doing it. Yeah. Okay. So once yeah. again, we need to tap into our strengths, who yeah. we are, what our content creator archetype is mm. as a planner. Oh my goodness. I love to batch. Yeah. I am just a batcher. I have mm. a day set out um, in my calendar once a week and that's my content creation batching time. So for me, batching is the way to go for the free spirit. And I keep picking on these two because they're the easiest and they're the opposite, but the free spirits, <laughs> The free spirits would loathe batching, absolutely loathing. So that's where for them the 90-day content plan comes in handy because when they get that, you know, that they're in the flow, they've just maybe spoken to a client, they feel really called to share something, that thing that they share can be in line with what their um, their plan is all about. So it really does depend on what your strengths are. I am not about telling people they should create content a certain way because I think that then that immediately puts you on the defense. Like if someone tells me that I should only create when I'm in the flow, I'm going to go, what the heck? (laughs) No, I like to plan. I like to be organized. So it's really about, yeah, leaning into how you like to create content uh, the most. Yeah, of course. I love that. Um, Yeah, it's really removed because I guess that's sort of a bit of a should again as well, right? yeah yeah finding what works best for you and then it becomes a bit less overwhelming as as well if you have that freedom to do it in the way that you want to which isn't that why we all started our businesses right (laughs) yes exactly Gemma exactly (laughs) um touch a bit more on those content 
types that you're chatting about, like creating video, um, podcast and blog, or was that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Tell me a bit more about that. Okay. So when we think about uh, taking our ideal client on a journey, we really need to think about, well, there's five different stages of the client journey. Let's go back to that. Mm. So I look at it as a connect phase where we're really getting to, well, they're getting to know us as a human being, Mm -hmm. identifying with us. And it's the the time where we have the opportunity to create conversations with people. The next stage is subscribe. So that's all about getting your beautiful ideal client onto your email list because we all know that social media is borrowed platforms. So how can we get them into our world, our email marketing world? So that's in the subscribe phase. Then we move on to the nurture phase. So that's really a chance for your ideal client to get to know what you do even better for you to provide more value and insights to what you do and how you do it. And then we move into the convert phase where obviously they're purchasing from you and they really do need confidence that they're making that right decision, especially with coaches who tend to have packages or tend to be more high end with their services. So people really need to make, really need to feel good about that investment that they're making. And then we move on to the onboard stage. So that's all about how we uh, take our beautiful ideal client to a client, to a raving client as well. So Knowing that is a client journey, we can then start to think about what types of content should we be creating to move our ideal client along that journey with us. So obviously not everyone's at the same stage of the journey with you at any one time. So we really need to be on top of all different types of content and think about how we weave them together in a succinct uh, content ecosystem. So when we go back to those core pieces of content that I call the blog, the podcast, or the video, it's really that meaty, binge-worthy piece of content that people can just go and watch, go and listen to, um, go and read, so they get a really good sense of who you are. So the core pieces of content typically we use in the connect phase. So we're really trying to educate them about what we do and how we do it. And then in the nurture phase, where we can go a little bit deeper with what we do and what we talk about and talk about the transformations or the possibilities that we create in people's lives. So I really love the idea of core pieces of content, even Mm. though, yes, it does take more time to probably create then say a quick social media post, it's going to have so many more benefits to both you and your ideal client if you do that piece first. Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing. I love that. And from all of this, when we're creating and putting it out there and doing all the things, yes. how, <laughs> how are we measuring the success of our content that is mm. out there. Yeah. There's so many different ways, isn't there? And yeah. I think that people tend to lean towards numbers of followers and numbers of likes or number mm. or the amount of engagement when it comes to social media. Yes, they are important, but I really do believe they are vanity metrics. Mm-hmm. Um, they are a way of saying, yes, am I good? This is great. I'm getting in front of lots of people and people are liking what I'm saying, which is great, which is good feedback. However, 
when our audience is not full of aligned people, and this is especially important for coaches who are, you know, often doing a one-on-one coaching or small group coaching, we're not forming the relationships with people. So when people ask me, you know, what do you actually track and measure? Well, yes, I track and measure numbers. I might track and measure For example, if my objective is to grow my free Facebook group, I might, you know, be looking at those numbers. And if those numbers are going up, then yes, I am doing the things that I need to do with my content in order to attract those people. But at the end of the day, no matter what we're tracking, no matter what we're looking at, it's all about testing. It's all about testing and tweaking along the way. So another thing that I like to look at each month are my best performing posts. And this this is quite interesting as well. My best performing posts, and I guarantee yours, Gemma, or any of the coaches listening, are typically about you as a person. Typically about you as a person. So whether you have shared an award that you've been nominated for or whether you have shared, you know, something that's going on in your life that you feel called to share, whether it's something that you're working on that you've been called to share, It's just really interesting that those posts that get the most reach and engagement are usually about you. Full circle moment, full circle moment when we're talking about bringing more you to your content. Yeah. (laughs) How did you plan that so well, Mel? Oh, yeah, that's just me. See, I'm a planner. (laughs) (laughs) That was so beautifully executed, just putting that out there. (laughs) Thank you. It's so true though. And some sometimes to the point where it can annoy me because I'll put something weird up. Well, not weird, but I'll put a picture of, you know, my cat sitting on my laptop, you know, and just be like, well, there goes work for today, you know, and that so much engagement on that post. Yeah. You know, and it's like, but the beautiful informational one that I had two days before that. Not so much. So it is so interesting that people, they want to know about us. You know, yes, they're buying what we're helping them with, but they want to know the person behind who's doing that, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And those posts are really in that first stage of the client journey around that connect phase where we yeah. uh, they're getting to know us and identify with us. And that's, yeah, just the, the beautiful opportunity to, within the boundaries of what we're want to share or what we're prepared to share. Like when I talk about bringing more you to your content, I'm not necessarily talking about, you know, I don't know, posting what you had for breakfast this morning, unless of course there is something that, you know, there's a story or a meaning behind that, or it's, it's what uh, your audience necessarily wants to see, but, you know, just letting people in a small window into your life um, really does make a difference. Yeah, like the the bloopers from this podcast, that's always. <laughs> Speaking of my cat again, <laughs> you know, it's relatable within what I'm doing and, um, yeah, so please, please don't start posting the food that you're eating unless it's relatable, please. <laughs> 100%, yes. <laughs> that drives me a little bonkers, not going to lie. And just... <laughs> Before we get too sidetracked, what what are uh, what's the current content trends? What's happening in the the wide world of content at the moment? Oh, 
Okay. Well, this is not really a trend, but it's definitely that some, something that's on everyone's lips and everyone's minds at the moment, and that is AI. And, <laughs> right? Just waiting for that horrible word to come out. Please yeah. tell us. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think it's a great tool. It's really great for ideation. It's really great for those people who struggle with content creation as well. I think that uh, you need to be very wary of a few things in that garbage in equals mm. garbage out. Mm. So I, as a content strategist, I can scroll through social media and go, that's AI generated, that's AI generated. Like it's very, very obvious to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure over time it'll become obvious to most people as well. But at the moment I'm like, oh, yes, that's that's AI generated. Yeah. So for me, what I think the best use of AI is yes, hundred percent use it for ideation and creation. However, it cannot once again, be you. It mm-hmm. cannot be you not yet. And maybe in the future but right now, it cannot be you. And so you really need to bring your stories, your experiences and your thought leadership to the table when it comes to creating with AI. So it's not just a, you know, give chat GPT a prompt, for example, get a social media post out and whack it on Instagram because someone told me that I need to post every day on Instagram. So this is a way that I can accomplish that. Mm. I would much rather people take a step back and go, yes, I'll use AI to help me create it. However, I will add a story in there. I will add the relevance through my thought leadership. And maybe that means I only post three times a week, but that's okay. That is the way that you are going to stand out when it comes to content creation in the near future, 100% being you. (laughs) Absolutely, for sure. Um, Yeah, that's awesome. And, well, I guess we're coming close to wrapping up for for the day. Um, Where can our listeners find you? Tell us that if they wish to work with you. Okay, so they can find me on Instagram and Facebook. My handle is at Meld Business, but uh, over on my website, they can find out more about me and I'm sure that you'll pop that in the show notes. Uh, and um, they can actually find that quiz around the content creator archetypes on my website as well. Yeah, that would be super fun, I think. Find out, yeah, what kind of content creator you are. So mm. fun. Mm. I love it. And what's what's your final thoughts for the day, for the episode? What's one <laughs> key takeaway you can leave our amazing listeners with? Okay, you're putting me on the spot, Gemma, but (laughs) I love it. So I think it's around the theme of being you. Mm. So when we're trying to be someone else or someone who we think we should be in order to show up on social media and for people to like or follow us and buy our thing, then it becomes so hard to create content. It becomes so hard. When you are true to yourself, when you are being your beautiful, unique, gorgeous self, then it just makes content creation so much easier. So I really encourage people to not only think about the who when it comes to their content creation, because that is important, but even more important is the you. I love that. So beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing your amazing genius with us today. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. It's been fun as always, Gemma, as always. Uh, I know. I love it. I love our chats. We don't have them often enough. (laughs) We don't. 
And for everyone listening, that brings us to the end of this week's episode in the Freedom to Coach podcast. As always, thank you for being here and have an amazing week changing the world one mind at a time. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you enjoyed it, hit subscribe. If you'd like to learn more about how we can give you the freedom to coach, then check out our website, www.freedomtocoach.com.au. Until next time, take care and keep on coaching.